0: Rated E for everyone, 10 and up.
1: Hey! This is that story show, people. Hallelujah! Who watching?
2: Hey, he who's cooking pizza? I turned into a bat and I flew into a stool. I was I left her some guano. This
1: <laughs> is a joke. Hey podcast people, this is that story show the show that puts your real life stories into the spotlight This is episode 442 brought to you the week of july 27 2023. I'm your host. My name is james kennison and my good friend is here Okay, so john is sick And I decided to have my 10 year old shih tzu uh, i'm pretty sure that's the first time that words made it on the show Um as my guest host So, uh moffat do you want to say anything to the people? Okay, he's actually turned around laid down. Um, Just know that during this episode, though I'm doing it myself, I have a 10-year-old, fairly cute Shih Tzu uh, sitting next to me. Never mind, he just jumped down and walked out of the room. He's typically not allowed in here, and um, so it's just me now. Thanks, Moffat. You're the best. Today, we are featuring an interview with a comedian i'm so excited about it her name is andrea caspari so i'd like to get right into it if you don't mind um i talked with her earlier this week she's amazing she's a sweetheart and uh i can't wait to get this started here we go caspari was named the funniest female comedian in kansas city she was the winner of the 95.7 the vibes big break and won the Clean Comedy Challenge at the legendary Ice House Comedy Club in Pasadena, California. And plus, she's been on Dry Bar, folks, and I know you know what that is. Currently, she's on the Board Teacher's Comedy Tour. You can find out more about that at andreacaspari.com shows. First, let me just say welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so flattered. Um, thank you for finding me, and thank you for inviting me.
1: Well, we are more honored because we're just a little comedy podcast that's that's just been doing the same thing forever. And we, we're going to try uh, our hand at inviting comedians on that are actually funny instead of trying to be funny, and uh, we're excited. Now, You're you're from the Kansas City area.
2: Yes. I'm from Parkville, which is, um, just basically 10 miles from the airport, 10 miles South of the airport. So we're, so we're everybody's airport ride. Yeah.
1: Now you're a teacher. Yes. And that's amazing. We like teachers. We think teachers are heroes that don't get paid enough, you know? Oh yeah. Um, I know,
2: I, 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 believe me, my husband and I know, as we cut the coupons, we, uh, we, under, we, we know the, the drill. <laughs> so, sure.
1: so you you were an inner city high school teacher that taught reading. Is that correct?
2: Yes. Reading in English um, and really just jack of all trades, whatever they needed. I did a journalism class. We did a news pit, newsletter because it was a smaller school. But yeah, I taught um, in two different alternative schools in the inner city in two different districts.
1: So, so how was lunchroom duty? Yeah, it says ah. you were a, a lunchroom employee.
2: Oh my gosh. Well, no, I was, I, 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 we, they just had different duties for us. Yeah. So I like at some point, um, like in the morning we had like 20 or 30 minutes um, Before we even started school, when I was at Hickman Mills, where um, it was, I was at the alternative school at Baptiste Management Center. And so we only had like 20 kids in one hallway, but in the morning, they had to go through the metal detector. And so we were on different, like we switched every few weeks, we would switch duties. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I was on breakfast duty. Sometimes I was on pat down. That was its own duty. <laughs> um, and we would find uh, cigarettes and knives and things that we saved for the teachers for after school. So... <laughs> Jacob.
1: Yeah, just out back, <laughs> out back, flipping butterfly knives and having some cigarettes. That's great.
2: Um, I know. <laughs> Gosh, could you imagine? Oh my goodness! But yeah, all the contraband and such. Um, we, but kids had all that stuff on them, knowing that they were going through the metal detector and pat down. That's why I thought I was like, kid, you knew, yeah. you, were, you knew you're coming to school. Come on now.
1: Maybe it was a status thing. You know, I was like, hey, I got caught with a knife today. You yeah. Know? Oh
2: God. Well. I'm not into the status thing. So I yeah. did leave. Um, I wasn't, I didn't leave in anger or anything. I was just like, okay, I needed to be closer to home. Cause it was just such a haul. It, it, it was is a like 30, 30
1: minute drive. It's a draining, yeah. it's a draining experience. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, now I, I just have to ask this before I get into my real questions. Um, I, I, I found a MySpace. Oh, I, on you. I, oh, no. I did a deep dive and, uh, you got to tell me who this little Debbie is.
2: Uh, little Debbie. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I want to say I retired her, but I haven't. Um, <laughs> she's a rapper. She comes out every once in a while. She, she's my like rapping alter ego. <laughs> and she, But she's the reason I have a career. Um, and I still, even to this day, end my set, um, not with a rap anymore. Back in the day, I used to have a, a three minute segment. I like, Somebody like this uh, DJ friend of mine created beats that I would rap to uh-huh. at the end of every set. And back in the day, I mean, I had the outfit and the chains and the hat and everything <laughs> was so stupid. And someone made me a shirt that said Little Debbie and I had shirts of merch for sale. Oh, that wow. Was just stupid. Yeah. But I mean, but but it put me on the map. Yeah. And back in the day, it was kind of funny or whatever. And now it's just ridiculous. So I don't. But I mean, I do kind of do a few bars at the end of my dry bar, the little Debbie thing. And my husband was really embarrassed because he was like, Please don't do that. I don't want you to be like nationally known as this rap star from twenty you know, for two thousand five or whatever. So Wow. It's it's uh it's you know, it but and, and it was a little controversial because um the one of the schools I taught at found out I did it and um they were just like, you know, this is really weird and this and that. And I was like, you know, and so there was this whole battle. Um, is this is it appropriate for a teacher to be a comedian? And they've they they said, yeah, it's fine. So wow. I, I've been doing both. Well, good. <laughs> I'm glad.
1: So yeah. um, so do you just
2: tour in the summer? Or so how do you do both? Oh, my gosh. OK, so here's the fun part. I, on a smaller scale, was doing both throughout. The year, like it was no big deal. I've been doing comedy for over 20 years. I started in 2001. That is awesome. Yeah. I started comedy slightly before I started teaching. Oh. So, yeah. Um, But it was like open mic and nothing to speak of. And then I started doing it professionally in 06 or 07. Um, And then I would, but it was easy peasy because we only have two comedy clubs in Kansas City. Yeah. And honestly, back in the day, we only had the one. We had the Kansas City Improv. Or actually, we had um, Stanford and Sons. So we had two. We've only ever had two comedy clubs. Now we have the Comedy Club of Kansas City, my friend Destin, um, an old friend of mine that we started comedy around the same time. He has his own club, and it's just taking off. It's amazing. Um, it's really established. He has like Andrew Dice Clay and Margaret Cho and all these great people. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, so I now I forgot what I was saying. But anyway, it's just it's... Um, How do you do both? So, incorporating both is just crazy because back in the day, I didn't have to worry about it. But then last year, I joined the National um, Board Teachers Comedy Tour in July, and I'm touring, uh, you know, going five, 10 days straight. But it's summer, so who cares, right? Right, right. And then I thought, okay, this is it. I just did a summer tour. And then he said, we're going into the fall. And I was like, oh, shoot. Well, I have a contract, you know, oh, no, 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 it's fine. We're only going to do like one weekend a month. Okay. okay. So they did that, you know, but I was also still doing local shows and other, you know, shows in Kansas, so I would drive an hour to Topeka and stuff. And then um he said, "Oh, we're doing almost full-time in the, you know, spring break and spring and all this stuff." So then I was doing more and more and I ran out of sick days. Everything was a lesson plan. The kids never <laughs> did the lesson plan. Um, I came back one time. I, I I would stay after to leave like all of these really good lesson plans, and I came back and this kid was like, "It was so cool, man! You thanks for leaving the Lego movie." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "What happened to the EOC test prep packets?" And they were untouched, and the kids were just eating popcorn and laughing. I I you know. Yeah,
1: okay. we we read the book, yeah, and
2: everything. So we read the yeah the we read Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. So. <laughs> it Um, was just it was it, it was really insane um trying to do both and then so i i just said you know i don't even know i think i'm gonna have to take a year off and so in may i just i told my principal i'm just gonna take the next year to see like what it's like to tour full time but i'll come back and sub you know and i'll probably come back you know and then i would just i just needed the year so that started now and and i so right now i'm still teaching or i'm still a teacher but I really, I did take the year off just to, because it was too taxing, because I would literally be gone Thursday through Sunday and then just slide into school on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would come from the airport. If I couldn't get out Sunday night, I would come Monday morning at five in the morning and then slide to school. Goodness like goodness. that was crazy town and then still have to grade and be expected to um, give the tests and uh, give um you know go to faculty meetings and and it's like i just couldn't i was doing two full-time jobs wow so yeah so, so i did so i have taken the year but it's summer so i i it still feels like summer
1: right right yeah. so so how i this is a question i'm really interested in because i am i i used to be a pastor my audience knows i am comfortable speaking in front of thousands of people um i've done podcasting for 16 years i'm very comfortable with the sound of my own voice and making jokes. Uh, but yes. I am starting my journey in stand-up with, a, with a, uh, an improv class that I just joined, um, and I'm so freaking nervous. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know what part of it is, is getting me. But how did you start doing stand-up? I've already done one open mic. And I, I got good response, uh, but I haven't done open mic number two, you know? <laughs> so uh, how'd you get started? How'd you get the guts?
2: Oh, my gosh. That is such a great question. First of all, I, may, may I commend you. I'm so excited about your stand-up journey. That is so freaking cool. You are going to kill it because you have what it already takes you're already comfortable speaking to, you know, multiple crowds, you're mm-hmm. already comfortable with your own voice, with your own um, you know, humor and such and and you know how to make people giggle and you also know what it takes. You know, you you've heard other people do it, so you have an exemplar of like what it looks like to do stand up. Um, now it's just in the doing. Okay. And so All you have to do is just keep doing it. This is just like my husband. He is um, a school bus driver. So we'll get into that if you want. But he's also an artist. He is. He does. um, If you remember, do you remember Garbage Pail Kids? Yeah. Yeah. So he does Garbage Pail Kids. Um, He works for Tops. He does sketch art. Oh. So, so flipping cool. So I'm, I'm so proud of him. And, uh, but you know, I always like, we look back at his old sketches and he's like, Oh, I'm so much better now. But, and and I said, Oh yeah, but I mean, but it's in the doing, he always tells me you have to just keep doing it. And so I got started years ago. Um, I was dating this guy who lived across or not lived, but he worked across the street from, um, Stanford and sons, the big comedy club in Kansas city at the time Mm -hmm. for years. And, um, he said, you know, I, I think you're so much funnier than the guys I saw the other night. Um, he's like, you should go to open mic, and I'd always wanted to do stand-up. I I always loved Margaret Cho and Wendy Liebman and Judy Gold, and I just had, you know, um, uh, George Carlin and Robin Williams. Like I was just in love with. Stand up, anything that had to do with comedy. Oh my gosh. And my dad was so funny. Um, he was just like, looked like Rodney Dangerfield and talked like him and Oh, what's going on? You know, like just really a funny guy. And so we just funny was in our blood. And, um, so I went to watch an open mic, and I said to my guy at the time, I said, I am funnier than those guys. And there were no women. There were maybe one, um, you know, and I, I said, I'm, I'll go do that. And then the next week I went, um, just, it was, I called in on a Tuesday and I got on the list. And I went and I had the best time. It was um, the this night also was infamous. uh, My friend Kyle Paris. This was the night that he brought a fake possum on stage and tried to revive it. Not a fake possum, a real possum. A dead piece of roadkill. I had never met this guy. He had a cooler. He had a cooler and he had like this crazy hair. And just this, he just looked funny, right? Oh, I, I, you know, we were at the comics meeting before the thing. Anyway, so he goes up and he um, takes this possum out of the cooler and he says, "Meet my pet." And then he said, "Oh my gosh, um, I think he's dead, or oh, we need to revive him." And he had had um, he he was a regular at the club, and someone had placed a vacuum cleaner on the stage and already plugged it in, and so he tried to revive it. Oh, we have to resuscitate my little buddy. Oh my and gosh! The stench of death. Oh, filled the air. People were. Knocking each other, they were going to rochambeau for for the toilets um just to get into a toilet to vomit in. He cleared almost half the room. The only people left were my friends who had come to see me, and they were nauseated and I had to go two people after him oh. and so my first night was so memorable, and i but I thought, if I can do three minutes after this after the stench of death, oh, he was also banned for life. oh, I'm um, bad. Yeah. And then he moved to Chicago. They let him come one time before he moved to Chicago. We're still the best of friends. Um, and I still talk to him. He's just, staring he, he
1: should have himself. been in Georgia, man. That that's freaking barbecue right there.
2: I I'm, know, right? I'm, I'm from Georgia as well. It. So yeah, I love it. So that, so, um, you know, I started doing, and I thought if I can get through this, I can do anything. And I'm not going to lie. Like I still get some nerves, um, and, but it's more like the afternoon before I perform, okay, and then just right before they call my name or when I hear the music, and then the millisecond that I get on stage, I'm totally fine. It's so weird because, um, I was nervous because I had never done theaters until last July when I joined the tour. I mean, we're talking eleven hundred people fifteen hundred two thousand in a the theater, and I tell you it was it's almost easier because you really can't see anybody you're just speaking yeah because the of, a wall of sound it's yeah. black yeah yeah. And in a club, it's actually more intimate because you can see them. You can see they're not laughing. They are laughing. Um, it's a little, it's such a different atmosphere. And right now I'm doing both the club and the theater tour. They split into two tours and I'm doing both. Um, so one week I'm at the clubs and one week I'm doing theaters. It's fun. It's a, with a different cast each time. Um, it, they have kind of almost the same people on, on the theater tour, almost the same cast in the club. And I'm kind of the go back and forth um but yeah it's i love stand up with my entire being i love i could not imagine not doing this oh. i don't know if i said that right but you know what i'm saying no i i i got you 100% now and, and so that's why i'm encouraging you like just keep going it's all in the doing and and whenever i've seen people like if i haven't seen a friend a comedian friend in a while um let's say it's been 2 or 3 months and then i watch them again i'm like wow they're so much better and and it's all stage time It's all stage time. Literally, you can speak into a mirror all day. You can write things and it looks so funny on paper. You can read it. No, you have to hold that mic and you have to, just like my friend Leslie Norris Townsend says. Do you know Leslie Norris Townsend? No. Comedian. She's the one, the creator of the Clean Comedy Challenge. She says you have to say it into the mic. Yeah, if you're not holding a microphone, it doesn't matter if there are six people or 600. If you're not holding the microphone and speaking it and getting some response and then and then adjusting, you have to audio tape or videotape every single show. Watch it that night while it's fresh. Don't be afraid. I know it's so painful sometimes. Oh, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Or sometimes conversely, like you think you had an amazing show the other night. I thought, oh, my gosh, I killed it. I kicked butt and I listened to it. And I was like, oh, it was a little it was okay. (laughs) maybe not as crushy you know it wasn't bad it was still it was still wonderful and fun but it was not like the or you know yeah. it, it wasn't uh the emmy performance i thought that that's fine oh. so anyway please keep going no, no i will i i'm gonna give it a shot i i
1: just you, you know surely you i don't know maybe you didn't deal with this i i love making people laugh in casual conversations um, you know, my friends think I'm a hoot, you know, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, um, I don't know, you know, I don't know how I, and I totally feel you on the microphone being on the stage thing because I, 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 I know how that is. I, I, I feel that hundred percent. Like, like back when I was a pastor, like for instance, we did a, uh, what, what do they do for Halloween? It's called a trunk or treat. Surely you've heard oh, yeah. of those. We've
2: done that our, at school. We do a trunk or treat and all the different clubs, bring candy and have, we have like our own little table. So yeah, I, that's I, a- I, would
1: do the announcements for this cause I was a kid's pastor and, uh, I had a, a slide show and everything. And I had illustrated my little joke and it was, um, you know, that we're going to let you guys know in, in, uh, you know, three, a month in advance, uh, so that you, if any of you have any junk in your trunk, you can go ahead and, and get it out, you know, because some, ah. some of y'all have a lot of junk in your trunk. And yes. people were afraid to laugh, and so I didn't know if the joke hit or not. But afterwards, people were like, oh, dude, that was so hilarious. I didn't think I could laugh, so I didn't laugh. I'm like, oh, my uh, gosh. Uh, so, Yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh, no. So that it's funny that you say that, because when I do um, either corporate gigs, like I'm at, at, um, you know, like a a corporation or a job, you know, like everybody looks for the boss. They're like, is she laughing? Is she (laughs) laughing? And then they can laugh. You know, it's like noon. And, you know, I mean, they they, they're just watching like for, you know, who's laughing and at school too, did the principal laugh? Is he laughing? You know, so, um, yeah, sometimes uh, it just depends. Um, cause they're like, well, I, I just don't want to be the only one laughing and stuff. So that's why you have to get them loosey goosey. Yeah. You have to, you have to allow it. You have to kind of ease into it. Um, but y- yeah, I mean, it sounds like you are on the right track though.
1: Awesome. Awesome. That means a lot. Um, so your, uh, tour schedule, uh, w- first of all, what's it like being on tour, which is, is amazing to me. That's, that's just like built in love right there. You're just automatically. Uh, getting to do what you love over and over again. And what are some of your favorite places that you've been to?
2: Well, I have absolutely loved um every city that has something fun. Um last year, I really enjoyed our California tour like um and and really this year they were more concentrated on regions like so they had like the theater had more theater stuff um more California specific. Um, And like Napa Valley and Bakersfield and Riverside and this and that uh, and San Francisco. um, But I wasn't on the theater tour during that leg. Um, But last year we did San Francisco. We did like a run of Las Vegas and Nashville. And that was just so much fun because those were some of my first weeks with the tour. So it was so exciting. Every time I discovered, oh, this is what it's like on a stage, or this is the new place, and uh, you know, we're at the meet and greets are so much fun. We have um, afterwards a, a meet and greet. Sometimes we'll have six people, sometimes sixty. Um, people can pay to upgrade and do VIP tickets, um, and then they get to meet us at the end, and we take pictures, and they come and tell. I mean, we make out. You, know, what, jo- you know, yeah, so. what job do you have? Can somebody tell me what job you have where everybody comes afterwards and tells you how oh, wonderful you just did your twenty minutes of job? Come on, nobody has that.
1: It's almost it, it's that. almost like a, uh, being a pastor. They they will literally form a line in front of you. Except some of those people are in line to tell you how bad you did. So uh,
2: yeah, yeah, but that's rare. That yeah, has it
1: has to be. Yeah, you'd be surprised how many people go to a church they hate. Though <laughs> it's oh it's, my gosh, it's like people that? that listen to a podcast they can't stand. I've got a I've got a sworn adversary that listens to this show and um. He, he pops up in my email every time I reference him.
0: so oh my gosh well hey bud yeah oh, good
2: I, I, yeah he's the drinking hate? some haterade they call it haterade oh that's great yeah so well, do, you have, well, do you have any well, stories from the road oh my gosh how much time do we have um <laughs> seriously so so many different stories one of my biggest um things that's happening right now is it's a phenomenon unto itself i've never seen it. so My dad worked for TWA for 43 years. And so I am a seasoned traveler. Mm. I love flying. I'm totally fine with flying. Um, back in the day, I did standby because my dad worked for the airlines, but he had 43 years of seniority. So they would just see this like 12 year old bumping all the veterans. Right. You know, because oh. I, I had his seniority. Right. So I was on and I didn't care if I had a middle seat. I didn't care if, if I got on the wing, but I would just get that seat and I would fly wherever, go see grandma. Dah, dah, dah. Well, anyway, um, now I have a paid seat. They pay to fly us, they pay for the wow. hotel, they get, you know, um, most of our meals are included because usually there's breakfast at the hotel and then they feed us at the club um, or whatever. So it's just beautiful. They treat us nicely. And, and, and now I'm not used to this, but we have assigned seats. So I'll look at my ticket. I don't have to, uh, you know, elbow anybody or hope that that guy doesn't uh, take my seat. You know, I just literally, I um, have, a, you know, 17D is mine. But can I tell you that the last month and a half, not three, not four, but five times I've come on the plane, there's been somebody in my seat. Oh, no. And they tell me that I'm in the wrong seat or they need that seat because their family's there. Or um, they argue back and forth that this is the window and that's the aisle. And I'm like, but I get the aisle i'm i am a fluffy gal <laughs> i like the aisle i don't want to squish into the middle right i don't want to be pushed up against the window and stick my head out the window like a dog on the plane i want the aisle i don't care if i get hit by the drink cart i need to be able to get up and susie q and walk around and whatever susie pop-up doll i don't i just want to walk i want to be on the aisle and i had just this older couple the other day no no no, no. you're the window I'm the you know, and, and and I just, and I'm looking at the grid on the, there, it's literally, there's a picture yeah. above him, ABC, A's the window, sir, you know, whatever, so, and, and then I have to sit by the guy, you know, <laughs> for three hours, like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, I do I mean, it's just, and, and I mean, I have just, I had a woman, I was the only, and this was Southwest where you actually do have to, um, call, you know, check in and yeah. it's not an assigned seat. It's first come first serve, but you have to like check in 24 hours ahead and you get your seating assignment. It's not a seat assignment, but it's like your seat, your boarding position. Yes. So a, anyway, B or C. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're A, B, or C. And so I swear to you, I don't know what I did in a past life to deserve what I got. I was so happy about this. I got A4. Oh, A4 is just the unicorn of seating on Southwest. You right. No You know one gets A4. No one. You have to pay for A4. You have to, It has to be your birthday for A4. Yeah. It, it. I got A4, and I got on the plane. And this other woman, she was A5, apparently, she gets on the plane. We are the only... Five people on the play. There are five people on the play. The others are at the very front. They were so excited at the front. I go to the middle so I can kind of just stretch out and have my own row, and maybe nobody will bother me. Maybe no one will look at me. This woman sits down right by me and says, "I'm so serious. I can't make this up." So I'm sitting in the aisle. She sits in the aisle right across me. So let's just say we're in row 14. She's row 14, but she's in her aisle. I'm in mine. She goes. Are you saving any seats? And I said, Oh no, no! I just have this whole row to myself. And she goes, Oh, I'm saving seats. I'm going to need that row. Uh, my family's coming. I we there are four of us. And I said, uh, What? Uh, uh, what? And she's like, Yeah, yeah. We have and she and she we we have four. And I was like, Oh. And then I'm doing the math, and I'm like, This means that this that I'm going to like i may not have to get up right i mean there'll be enough room right. but then i'm gonna have her children cl- climbing on top of me right. hey, she's Mom. gonna be diapering them yeah so but why didn't she go one ahead or one but why is she sitting by me and talking about her uh, save a seat in 15.
1: karen it is you know, so nice to meet you i've always wanted to meet you in person
2: yeah yes yeah, I just, it was, it was just really strange. She didn't know me. She just, so I said, well, let, I'm, I'll go ahead and get it. Oh, you don't have to get up. No, I do. I'm no. going to go, I'm going to go sit in the bathroom. No yeah. one bothers me there. I'm going to ask oh, the pilot gosh.
1: to save me a seat, you know?
2: I love it. I, I, you know what? I almost want to get my pilot's license so I can just sit up there. Yeah. Just yeah. co-pilot and just hang out. But yeah, and so then just two days ago, we're coming to Columbus. I've, I've been posting about this online because no one believes me. They're like, oh, you need to start standing up for yourself and you need this. And no one believes this because they're like, you have an assigned seat. How are this? So the fifth time it happened was the other day. Oh. I get on the plane. And the woman's not sitting in my seat this time. Oh my gosh, it was so beautiful. There's, you know, I, there's my aisle. I'm sixteen D. There's a woman in sixteen uh, C, whatever. But my my um, my seat is open, and I get ready to. Sit. I shove my bag under. I'm getting ready to sit down, and the woman in seventeen, what at B, says, "Hey, before you sit down, will you switch me? Can you switch me? Because you're sitting by my friend." And I just looked at her. And I said, what? And I have several comedian friends on the plane in different rows dying, dying, because they know <laughs> that this happens. And it didn't no one asked them about anything, right? right They're all right. just tucked in and buckled. And I just what? And she's like, Yeah, that's where I want to sit. And I, I she goes, but 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 if you and she sees my face, just shocked because I'm very nice, but I'm like, What? Yeah. And why me, right? Always. And and I said, I and she goes, Well, you don't have to. I'm sure she'll be fine. You know, two hours alone, and I look at this grown woman, this thirty-five-year-old woman, and I said, "Yeah, I think she'll be fine." And I sat down.
1: Yes, <laughs> amen. Yes, it's okay.
2: You're not. You know, I, mean, I I don't know if she's her handler or what, but I, I they were just friends on a work trip. I found out later. Come she's on, it's like okay. my
1: emotional support human, so I <laughs> need to be near her so I can touch her hair if I get nervous <laughs> on the plane.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I know. I well, and I did. I touched her hair the whole time. I hope she didn't mind.
1: She knows how to open those weird bathroom doors. I need her. So. <laughs>
2: yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, come on. Oh my. So that's goodness. been that's been like that's and I know that's not even a comedy road story, but that has just been the everything about the travel. Everything is just crazy. I mean, because we we get uh, basically they fly us into the first city, and then we take an Uber to the hotel, um, kind of get ready, check in, whatever. And on the theater tour, it's one night only each time. The club tour is a little more like two to three nights in a club. But the theater tour, it's boom, boom, boom. You have about four cities. You fly into the first city. You go perform the next morning at checkout or even before. You jump into the Sprinter van, drive the two or three hours to the next city. You know, it's all um, all done for you. And we have a tour manager. And then you go and it's just repeat, repeat, repeat and sometimes you don't even know what city you're in. I'll have friends text me and I have to think about it or look at my calendar.
1: <laughs> Ask Google. Google, what yeah. city am I in?
2: What yeah. city I mean? Oh, and it's funny cuz we rolls um, her a lot of times the host will have to turn to us and say, "What city are we?" Oh, hey, I'm in Cleveland.
1: <laughs> so, um, we're about out of time, which I hate cuz I could talk no. to you all day. I know it's terrible. Uh but you the 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 board teachers tour is yes. uh is what you're doing is it a clean comedy all ages show
2: so oddly enough so i try to do clean right and and we have several people who do very like clean comedy um or, or they're in the christian comedy association like there are there's somebody i got in um leslie rob is who i got in mm-hmm. to the thing like i suggested her and she's been traveling with us so she's super clean Um, but no, uh, it's really not an all ages show because, because, um, people just kind of, they say, well, teachers need to let loose. And so they say some things that you wouldn't say at a faculty meeting.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha.
2: More behind the closed doors kind of chat.
1: So do you find though, that it attracts people that are, that are closer to clean comedy or or, uh, let me ask you this way, since maybe it's not a tour question. You do participate in clean comedy shows like on dry bar and stuff like that.
2: Am I correct? Well, dry bar was more than clean. You know, have you ever heard the saying, you're not even clean, you're Provo clean? Have <laughs> you heard that one? No. That, oh my gosh. Dry bar? was a trip so I won the clean comedy challenge as you said in Pasadena and that was um, put on by Leslie Norris Townsend she does it annually sometimes two or three different cities Um, and I uh, had not really heard of it and one one of my friends said you should do the clean comedy challenge it's really cool it's up your alley and so I did that um, in California and it was super fun and then that got me into the dry bar world and you know clean comedy world and I met so many cool people, and I've done shows with them, and I've had so much fun. Yes.
1: So what's next for Andrea Casperi? Um, what, what's in your future? What, so, what are your goals? Yeah.
2: My goals, my husband is my biggest. First of all, can I just give a shout out? Please to my do. Delicious. My delicious, beautiful husband. Um, I have to giggle because you have referenced MySpace a few times. Yes. And I have to laugh because I held on to my MySpace with, for dear life. <laughs> I didn't want to give up my butterflies and my music and my glitter. Right, right. And I was so upset because everyone said, you're such a nerd. You're not on Facebook. And this was like 2006 to 2008. And then Facebook became the biggest thing. And I was like, fine, I'll go on Facebook. And I jumped on there. And within six hours, a man jumped into my inbox my dms and he was just like how do you know casey reagan we had a mutual friend and i said oh she was my debate person partner and he's like, oh i knew her at mc sports i worked with her and then six days later we met in person and we are married 14 years that's amazing yeah so i'm so glad i joined facebook sorry no I'm joke <laughs> see in the dust man you,
1: yeah. you don't want to know how we're planning to have our first child you know so
2: yeah <laughs> yeah Oh my gosh. What website is that? Yeah.
1: I don't know. uh,
2: (laughs) I absolutely love Facebook because I met my husband. We've been married 14 years or married 12 years. Okay. um, Happily married 12, uh, unhappily eight. But I will say that, no, I'm just kidding. That's the joke that I didn't (laughs) execute that well at all. Um, It comes out way funnier on stage. See why I I don't do bits. I don't do bits. Right. So anyway, but we've, we've been happily together 14 years. He is my biggest supporter. Um, he giggles because most of our bits, like, you know, people say, oh, how do you write and this and that. My husband and I play off of each other and then we'll write it down. Like we, we just, he said he recognizes all of my comedy because these are like conversations that started at dinner um, or that we go back and forth. He is the funniest man I've ever met. Um, that's, I, I guess that's flattering to me too, right? No, we are both so compatible and play and he's so supportive because he's home with the dogs. He's watching the house. I'm running around living my dream. And he was just, he's fine with whatever I need to do. That's awesome. um, everything is to get to the dream, to get to the dream. And so the next things I want to do, I want to be a corporate speaker and performer. Um, I don't know if you know Jeannie Robertson. Did you ever?
1: No, no. Should... I'm so new to this world as far as recognizing names. I, you know, I yeah. could have seen somebody and, and not remember their name. So,
2: okay. Well, Jeannie Robertson God rest her soul, she passed away a few years ago. Um, I met her in 1994. She was doing corporate speaking. She was um, six foot two with as the blue. I mean, just the cutest thing. She kind of sounds like Leanne Morgan. I adore Leanne Morgan. Um, so funny and dry bar. I worked with her a little bit and I just total, she just is hysterical. But Jeannie Robertson is um, her, her legacy is what I'm vying for. I want to make her proud. I want to do what she does. And that is make people happy all around. Um, You can still be clean. You can still be funny, um, palatable for work or school. I want to speak to schools. I want to inspire. And that's what she does. That's what what she did. And in her videos, and her legacy, still do that. But I would like to um, have a career befitting of Jeannie Robertson um, in her, in her honor, because uh, that is what I want. I want to write books. I want to I want people to um, read or hear me and just feel good. I want to leave them better than they came in.
1: So no, no plans to put out an album, like a hip hop album.
2: <laughs> no. Little Debbie. Oh my gosh. Why does she follow me all the time? <laughs>
1: Cause you did <laughs> it. I have a clown character that I used to do called no. jo- Jojo, the Christian clown and this podcast community will not let me forget him and
2: he, i won't let you not send me a link <laughs> i have to see jojo the christian clown are you kidding right he, now
1: he had a podcast okay and yeah. and and you have to know christian culture there's always these christians that just got out of jail and they got jesus but they yeah. don't they don't exactly know what to do with him and so yeah. everything's evil that they used to do And, but they've got lots of advice and lots of stuff, you know, that that they give and, and Jojo the Christian clown was exactly that. He could see evil in almost anything. So Uh yeah. Oh yeah.
2: So I have to find, is there footage? Oh, my only question is where's the link there?
1: There is one where I, I, I did a, uh, open mic night at a church and he sang the song, Jesus please bless me financially. Uh where uh. where he spends all his the joke is you spend all your money and then you ask Jesus to come and save you. Uh, uh. uh even though you could have been a good steward over your finances. But
2: <laughs> yes, please. I'm gonna you think you did a deep dive on my MySpace. I'm about to do a deep dive on JoJo the Christian <laughs> clown. I'll send I'm get I'll my s-
1: snorkel. I'll send you some diving. I'll send you some links. Uh that one I might You're have there. to upload because I don't think I've had the guts to
2: share that one. Oh, that's so cute. I love stuff like that, though. I, I'll I'll have fun with it. All right. I, I just I just this has been way too much fun. I, I can't believe that it's almost over.
1: It is. I, I want to give you a moment to tell everybody where they can find your amazing self online.
2: OK, so thank you so much, everybody who's listening. I hope that you guys um, find my videos and have a good time and, you know, whatever. Um, just look up Andrea Kaspari dot com. For like everything. And uh, my tour dates have changed a little bit. Like they just rearrange sometimes because it's an ensemble. So I just have to, uh, my good friend Liz Wendell is also my um, site creator. So she'll jump on AndreaCasperry.com soon and get all the right links, um, dates. But my big thing is I'm trying to grow my um, Instagram and TikTok following because I swear, um, followers are currency in this day and age. Yes, and it's they such are. A, right. And you know, and it's such a different way. Of doing things, you know, you've been doing um, comedic things and, you know, entertainment for a long time. And now, just in the pandemic and such, everything grew to, to be online. Mm-hmm. So I am trying to build my following, and I feel like I'm just so behind because we have, some people have 1.5 million TikTok followers on the tour. 2.5 million, and so people come, they're such a draw. And when they see my show, they enjoy it, and they had fun. But I want to be a draw. I want people to come, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm trying to build my following. So I am on Instagram, at Kaspariland, and that's C-A-S-P is in Paul, A-R-I-L-A-N-D. Oh, okay, see how it's just not... It's um, not catchy, but it's just, it's my little world, Kaspariland. Yeah. And then now here's how old I am um, or just like just how ancient my skills are. Uh, I cannot get into my Land on TikTok. So I had to create Kaspariland Comedy is my new handle on TikTok. Okay. <laughs> I can't get in. I can't get in. So um, I wanted all my handles to be the same. Right. Like, darn right. it. So Kaspariland on Instagram, Kaspariland Comedy on TikTok. Um, and who knows on Threads, right? Gosh, I oh yeah, yeah, is that dead yet? That I dead I don't yet? know. I I
1: just went over there and got an account, got my name in, and then left. I haven't I haven't done anything.
2: Nobody's no. done anything with that thing. I don't know. But now Twitter, I, I don't even. I, I barely have a Twitter, so we won't even talk about it. But what are you talking, are talking about? There's no Twitter. It's X now. It's Okay. I was just going to ask, is that real? Or was I, I think that, did I have a fever dream. Or I think that it's
1: Elon Musk having a, having a laugh with everybody, honestly, but yeah, I, I had some questions about it. I mean, X is what you used to write when you didn't know how to write your own signature. Now it's apparently what you use when you can't think of a good name or a brand, you know? So
2: yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, he's, he, he's known for coming in and ruining things or taking over the good ideas or whatever. So I don't know. Um, But yeah, I just want to grow my following. I'm trying to put out videos. Um, Board teachers. Also, if you want to look at all things board teachers, it's B-O-R-E-D, like board teachers. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm all over that. And you guys, it's just, it's, it's everything. They keep everything clean, almost everything clean. Um, the board teacher skits and things like that. So yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to vouch for that though. I um, no, that's my, that's I, fine. Our people I get nervous because if people see stuff and I don't want to be associated. You know, I I'm I'm very proud to be part of them, but I I um, don't censor that uh, other comics. Our so.
1: pe our people are um, our people are okay. They're they're got a thick skin. Well, guys, I want to encourage you to follow uh, Andrea on all of her social media. Let's show her the love that you show me every single week, uh, here on that story show and let her know that she was on this show by upping those numbers, find her on YouTube, find her through the comedy tour. If she's coming to a town near you, you need to go and support her. And, uh, I'm just thrilled, uh, that you were able to come on the show. Thank you so much.
2: Oh my gosh, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Um, There is no subject I love more than, I was going to say myself, um, (laughs) comedy. There's nothing I love to talk more about than comedy. Um, And I want, thank you for reaching out because I really want to stay part of your journey. And if there's anything I can do to help you, um, and I'm talking tips or, you know, if we're in the same city at some and we can uh, hang out. Just let me know. Ah. I would absolutely love to um, help you on this journey. Thank I'm you. super excited
1: for you. Oh, my goodness. You've just endeared yourself to everybody in the show because I am I, – I, I don't say this pridefully. I am well-loved, not as much as John, my co-host, but I am well-loved in my community. And uh, anybody that wants to help out James is like an automatic hero for all of us. So thank you so much.
2: I appreciate James, I just appreciate you. And I also appreciate, thank you for all that you do to uplift everyone. You and John um, have created a community where people do feel like they can be themselves, that they can enjoy uh, comedy that is not offensive, that is um, happy and fun and, and just it's what it's for. So thank you for creating a community where people can really just um, live and, and let live.
1: Well, you're the best. We love you. And uh, we'll have to do this again sometime.
2: Please. I'm, I, I'm sure there'll be more road stories and maybe somebody will be in my seat tomorrow and I'll have another story for you.
1: (laughs) All right. Thanks for being on the show. Take care.
2: All right, James, take care.
1: Isn't she amazing? I mean, oh, don't you want to just go up there and hug her neck? Oh, that thing she said at the end about, about the podcast. That oh that just shows that she probably listened and everything. Anyway, I love her to death. Matter of fact, I love her so much. I found out that she's going to be in St. Louis in October and I've already got my tickets. I'm going to be in the second row right in the middle. And um, it's going to be awesome. So I hope you enjoyed that interview. I know it's a little different than our normal episode. Uh, If you would say a prayer for John so that he will get better and we can do a normal podcast next week. Uh, Speaking of next week, we have another special guest. So we're excited to announce that we'll have comedian Andy Woodhull, Woodhull, Woodhull guest hosting on August 3rd. Andy's been featured on Dry Bar Comedy, the late show, Conan, and the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. And we'll be recording the live show on Discord so you can join us to hear Andy share his funny stories and insights. Uh the show starts at 5 p.m. Central on our Discord server. You can find out more about that at thatstoryshow.com. So we hope you'll join us. Um Thanks again to Andrea for being on the show today. Uh, We'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much. Goodbye.
0: This show is part of the Nobody's Listening podcast community. Get more at nlcast.com.